This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Mark Willis is a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. He is a certified financial planner, a two-time best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions. Of course, you can't see this, but he's bald and his name is Mark. So obviously he's a cool dude. Absolutely, man. So glad to be on. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the problems we solve just by not having to comb our hair every day. It's just incredible. Uh, so thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. And I, I will say that it does take me longer because I'm like a human chia pet for those. Uh, younger listener, uh, older listeners, you know what a chia pet is. So I have to shave in the shower every morning, and and uh, yeah, with a blade in your head, you got to be real careful. But I do like the buffing uh, shine there. So um, we're going to talk about a lot of money. A lot of my entrepreneur, a lot of my friends who listen to the show, I call my all my listeners friends. They're entrepreneurs, and I remember when I became an entrepreneur, I was fired from my job in uh, July 2005 from my corporate job, and I became an entrepreneur, and I thought that money would just be thrown to me like I was a king or something. And it didn't happen. And then I, I made the foolish mistakes of spending money I didn't have, which means I went in the credit card debt. I was thinking that this course or this core, uh, this coach or this book was the magic that's going to make me a quadrillionaire. Well, that didn't happen. And so I think people really need to be smart. And just because you show money in your bank account, doesn't mean you need to spend it. It's okay if it sits there for a rainy day. That's so true. Yeah. You know, the, it's funny when we hit March of 2020 last year uh, and everyone started freaking out and losing their jobs by the millions, um, we couldn't have handled a drizzle, much less a downpour. What we got last year was a downpour and too, too, um, too many folks weren't prepared. In fact, uh, the the average savings, according to the Federal Reserve at that time, was about four hundred bucks for the average American. Four hundred dollars. So that couldn't have handled a flat tire, at least in this neck of the woods, Mark. Right. So how do you handle something like that? I mean, what do you do? How do you even prepare for something so unexpected, like we all saw hit us in the face last March? Yeah, and that's that's a very good point. And if you are listening to this show. And you're like, okay, I have less than $400 in my bank account. I don't want you to stop listening. We're going to give you some tools. If you are not familiar with my story, I'll tell you really briefly. As I mentioned, I was fired from my job in July 2005. From July 2005 until the end of 2020, I do the math. That's like 15 years. I made a total of $40,000. Not a year, not a month, total. I have a very supportive wife. And part of the reason why is I was throwing money that we didn't have after, like I said, courses and webinars and conferences and coaches, and I wasn't smart with my money. Now I'm on the other side of that, but I want you to know that if you are struggling with money, number one, you're not alone, as Mark just alluded to. Number two, there's hope. So don't don't go into a panic attack or start hyperventilating. Mark's going to give you some solid advice. So if you have no money right now, we're not going to tell you how to make a million dollars today legally, okay? But there's a way to dig your way out. So I want you to maybe get a, a notebook if you're home or if you're if you're out running or walking the dog. Well, you can listen to this podcast again. 
Take notes. Don't be a passive listener of the show. So, Mark, let's let's really dive into the deep end here. Let's give some people some hope. You bet. You bet. Well, it comes down to you, you guys, you, you listening right now. You are your greatest asset in your portfolio. And I don't just mean that from like a woo-woo perspective. Um, I mean that from quite literally your capacity and potential is the greatest asset on your portfolio. Uh, and let's just go down to like what you make. Maybe you make uh, the average salary uh, in this country, whatever, uh, and your age. Let's say you've got 20, 30 years to go of, of earning potential. That's the, uh, for most Americans, that's the biggest asset on your portfolio. Take your salary, multiply it by the number of years you have left working. That's a huge number for most Americans on their balance sheet. So your capacity to earn and your ability to earn is the biggest asset in your portfolio. So realize, guys, you are your greatest asset. And second, you can invest in yourself. That is a key piece to the puzzle. Like, And I, I again, I, I mean this from many different angles. The health uh, angle. If you're not able to show up with your mind clear and your body fit, it's going to be really tough to make an ROI on your job or your business, whatever you do for, for a living. You know, if you're um, you know, riddled with remorse or, or, or anger, or, you know, if you're fighting with your spouse or kids all the time, that's going to keep your mind off the job. And you're not going to exactly be ready to hit the ground running Monday morning, like, uh, like our host Mark is. So, you know, I'd say the, the best thing you can do is just always ask yourself, how can I do better today than I did yesterday? And how can I make my future as Dan Sullivan says, how can I make my future bigger than my past? Now, I wonder how many people tuned into this episode thinking we're going to talk all about money. And we are. But right away, you talked about investing in you. And yes, you're still listening to a show that's going to talk about money. But what good is a million dollars a year, a month, a week, a day, an hour, a minute? What good is that if you have poor health? Like you said, if you're always angry if your your life is totally out of whack, that money is it's just going to sit there because money is not going to make you happy. I know people think it does. What you can do with that money makes you happy. Like if you want to give to a charity, if you want to help build yeah. a school, but the money is just an inanimate object. It it makes you more of who you already are. Yes. You know, if you're a huge jerk. And you get a ton of money, you're just going to be an even bigger jerk. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a great giving person, then you know God help us all. We hopefully will have more good people helping uh, with uh, the charitable causes that will improve the whole of society. But you're right; uh, it starts with you. Now, the next thing I would say is watch your teachers. I'd say your next biggest asset is the people that you take into your heart and your and your mind and your soul. Uh, you know, the, someone asked one time who. Why were the wise men wise? You think about those three, you know, it's Christmas time. We're all seeing those three wise men walking yep. toward the, the stable. Why were they wise? Why were they wise? Uh, someone once asked. Uh, and somebody else smarter than me said, the answer is because they were seeking out better teachers. Mm. They were always seeking out better teachers. And that's what they were doing on the sands headed to Bethlehem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they were looking for a better teacher. So always be looking for better teachers. You guys are doing this already as you're on this podcast listening to Mark uh, and and all the great guests that he brings on. Uh, you're you're showing up. You know you're among the the top four percent of Americans that are actually wanting to do life different. You know what's the there's an old quote. Ninety um, percent. Let's see. The quote is ten percent of people think. Ten percent of people think. Another ten 
think that they think. And the other 80% of us would rather die than think. (laughs) Now let that sink in for a minute. Most of us run our financial lives and we would rather die than think about money. Really, really, quite literally, we would rather die than think. And unfortunately, we have uh, obfuscated or we've, uh, uh, you know, we've given away, we've given away our power when it comes to our financial life. We've handed it over to money gurus, people who like to shout on radio ho- uh, podcasts or, or people who like to tell, tell you what to do with your money. I'd say the four most dangerous words in the financial vocabulary, Mark, are the words, do it for me. Mm. If you say that to your financial advisor, you're, well, let's just say you're not in a good way. Yes. <laughs> That, let's keep it clean and say you're not in a good way. Yeah. So, you know, that that's something that I'd say really sink in. Avoid the money guru trap you know, because will say, they will all let you down. What, I, what I'll say with you is I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey. And now he's not a money guru in terms of you don't send him money. He's not an investment guy. I went through his yeah. financial peace university. And the first time I went through it, because my wife and I went through it three, four times, because you, you know the stuff, but you it's great to hang around a community of people who are trying to go in the same direction. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, nobody should be allowed to graduate high school with this kind of training, because I didn't know I was one of those silly people. I would go. I remember when I was uh, first year in college, I was at a hockey game up in Rochester, New York, and they said, hey, you want a free T-shirt? I'm like, yeah. And so I filled the credit card application. And I remember I went to Radio Shack and I bought a boom box, right? And I paid $150 for the boom box. And they said, you only have to pay $10 this month. I'm like, this is the coolest deal. I did not know about this thing called interest. And I'm like, I only have to pay $10 a month. And I think I paid for it over like three years. It wasn't $150 by then. But I was so interested in the t-shirt or sometimes they give you a uh, pizza or something like that. Because we don't have the financial literacy, if it sounds too good to be true, 99.999% of the time it is. And you need to get educated, whether you listen to this podcast, which we thankful you are, or you listen to, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, whatever. Just make sure that the person you're learning from, their first inclination is not to take your money. Make sure they hire a, a servant leadership heart that they're trying to teach you. Because like you said, your teachers really make a big, uh, big difference. There's a lot of teachers out there who are really wealthy because they're taking your money. But that's right. <clears throat> yeah, you're exactly right. You know, imagine an airplane. Imagine you're wanting to fly from, you know, from New York to Chicago to get the better pizza, of course, to get the better pizza. (laughs) So you're wanting to fly from New York. I just alienated. Sorry about that. (laughs) Some of your audience there. Maybe not me. You you pick your destination. All right. So you're flying, let's say to, let's just say New York to Chicago uh, for whatever. And, and you're getting in an airplane. It's a little airplane, prop plane that can fly a hundred miles an hour. So you're feeling good. You're getting ready to go. You get up in the air and all of a sudden you notice a bunch of blue stuff below you and you wonder why and you're going the opposite direction because there's a headwind coming right at you at 300 miles an hour. Now, it does not matter how hard you press on the gas of that little plane, you're going to be pushed out into the ocean, right? You're not going to Chicago anytime soon. So um, what's the problem there? Well, what's the best thing you could do? It's to get back down on land and wait for the wind to die down. Uh, and most people think that once that wind hits nil wind or zero, you can get back up and go fly a hundred miles an hour to get to Chicago. And they think that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets, but there's something better than that. So let me kind of, uh, first take away the metaphor, then I'll bring it back again. So the wind is the interest that we all pay on our debts. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your mutual funds got last year. 
As a certified financial planner, that should probably be a big important thing for me, but it's not. What's more important to me is how much volume of debt do you have on your balance sheet? It's not the rates, it's the volume that matters. You know, in the in the world of vaccines right now, we're all, you know, talking about the vaccine. It's not the it's not the uh, rate by which they put it into your arm, it's the volume that counts. It's not how much food you it's not how fast you eat the food, it's how much you eat your food that counts. It's the volume that matters the most, right? Mm-hmm. So we all have such low interest rates on our cars. Many times our cars, our mortgages are very low right now, historically low interest rates, and yet we have historically high volume of debt. Does that concept, does that distinction make sense? It does. And I remember one of the things I learned from, I don't know if you're a big fan of Dave Ramsey or or anything like that, but one of the things he said is if you have debt, you shouldn't invest. And the reason why you're better off paying off your debt than investing. When I first heard him say that, I'm like, it makes sense because if you're taking money to invest when your debt's still there, they kind of like off balance each other. And I kind of look at debt that way. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think if you have a pile of debt, you should pay off the debt, then invest? Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Well, let me tell you a a very quick story, and then I promise I'll finish up my little metaphor here. Uh, But I was sitting in a room. Uh, with my with my wife and a great mentor of ours, a professor from our college. Uh, and he looked at me square in the eye and he said, Mark, is it possible Dave Ramsey could be wrong about something? And up until that point, I had never considered that even as a possibility that he could possibly be wrong. You know, it's like Dave Ramsey wrote the fifth gospel <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so for me, that was a bright light in a dark room. And it started me thinking critically about Dave and, and his his advice. He, he has some awesome, helpful, powerful advice, but he does not have a corner on truth. Sure. And I had to find that out the hard way. Um, but I was working on $120,000 of student loan debt back in 2008. I had no plans really to pay off the debt. And in today's dollars, that'd be close to a quarter million bucks. Wow. Uh, and so we would be, you know, we were, we would be scrounging just to cover our monthly minimum debt payments. And so Dave Ramsey got a square on our budget and starting to pay the debt snowball off using the debt snowball method. But we were about halfway through our project of paying off all that debt when our professor said, Mark, is it possible? Is it possible Dave Ramsey could be wrong? And I had never really considered that. And what he was referring to, our mentor was referring to was, is there something better than just being debt free? Is there something better than just being debt free? And so back to our little airplane, you know, it's it's the wind coming at you. That's the debt that you have to pay off. That's the interest that you're having to pay. Well, what do you do? You land your plane, you wait for the wind to die down. That's you paying off your debts. And then you get back up in the air and you're flying at 100 miles an hour from New York to Chicago. That's as fast as your plane can go. And every financial advisor's job is to help try to fiddle with your engine to get it going 104 miles an hour, 108 miles an hour, giving you that little bit better rate of return. Okay, get you a little bit higher rate of return in the market, take a little more risk, run that engine hot for 30 years. You know, what do you think might happen to your portfolio over if you run the engine hot for 30 years like that? If you run your if your engine's running hot that long, you might just break the plane. Right. But most people think the best I can do, the arrival syndrome, you know, the best I can do is no wind. But that's false. You know, there's a there's another 
uh, way to go. And there's a way to get to Chicago even faster. And that is a tailwind. The tailwind. If you can get a 300 mile an hour tailwind behind that little plane of yours, now you're going 300 plus what the airplane can do, 100. Now you're doing 400 miles in one direction. You'll be to Chicago by lunchtime. Okay. Now to me, better than debt free. What is better than debt free? It's becoming your own source of financing. It's becoming the banker. That's better than just paying cash for things. If I can bank on myself, if I can become my own source of financing, Mark, I'm telling you that changed everything and it changes the lives of our clients as well. And you just made me think about the advice that Dave Ramsey uh, said. So I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Uh, I don't agree with everything Dave Ramsey said, by the way, because Dave is all about mutual funds, mutual funds, mutual funds. And I used to buy the hook, line and sinker in the stock market. And I still am convinced the stock market is a couple of ladies playing dice in the back room and it goes up and goes down. (laughs) That's just my belief. But then I once heard a guy named Grant Cardone said the key is real estate because people always need a place to live. And when I heard him say that, I'm like, you know, that's interesting. I mean, you know, the stock markets can go up and down depending on what's going on in the world. But I guess they call them doors. And, the, you know, you don't buy a single family home. That's one thing Dave Ramsey recommends. He said, don't buy the same. Buy, invest into a real estate investment trust. I think it's what it's called, the REIT, right? So you've got like 100 units. You buy into it. You're never going to have 100% of vacancy. And so you're always going to get paid. And so I've been thinking instead of mutual fund, because right now I'm not investing at all because I'm I'm still in debt and I'm trying to dig out of debt. But now you got me rethinking that. Um, investing in a real estate investment trust fund because people are going to have to have homes to live in or apartments or businesses are going to have, even though some people are working remotely, you're still going to have the stores. You're still going to have the office buildings. They're still going to be there. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I love it. I think real estate is as old as the pyramids for wealth accumulation. And and um, and so let's pay attention to that, right? You know, you're exactly right. Um, people will always need uh, a place to live. But I'd like to actually dig, since I'm not your average financial planner, um, <laughs> quite literally, that's the name of our podcast, not your average financial podcast. I got to go and help us think a little different here. So what is it you about know, real have estate you that permission makes it from Apple to use Think Differently? I'm just, just asking. <laughs> oh, Think Differently is just fine. Think Different. Oh, okay. They got that trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, Think Different, for side note, uh, is not exactly grammatically correct. We had our uh, copywriter tell me that. So I just said, hey, Think Differently. Okay, cool. Free and clear. Anyway, so it, we help people think differently about their money, their economy, and their future. And we help them live differently as well. So there's that. But anyway, so what is it about real estate that makes it valuable? Think about that for a minute. I was talking to a client over Zoom. We were having our financial analysis meeting, something I do with everybody. It's free, totally free. We have a conversation and we're having this discussion about the kind of the situation of real estate. And he had 10 paid off properties, 10 paid off properties. He was going to take in about 200 grand this year of, of rent. He felt pretty good about his situation and rightfully so. But I asked him, you know, hey, you're sitting there on tile and grout, bricks and mortar, you know, plywood and, and, uh, and drywall. But what is it about your real estate that makes it worth anything? And I said, if you didn't have a, a deed and if you didn't have, you know, the, the contract on that property, whose would it be? It would be whoever had squatter's rights with the bigger shotgun. That's who would own that property. So what is it really that makes real estate profitable or, or valuable? Even though we might think it's, it's tangible, it's real, what makes it 
profitable and valuable is the contract underneath it. So I'd like to suggest that contracts are the basis of all wealth in civilization. Contracts. Without the contract, you can't have wealth. You know, you can't be, if you, let's say you're sitting on a mountain of gold on a private island. Does that make you any wealthier? No. It's the contract you have with the other buddies on that island that make it valuable to you, that make that gold or seashells or whatever else make it valuable to you. Now, okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused right now, and I know some of my listeners are going, wait a minute, so I can own the contract and not own the building? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, what I'm saying is watch for contracts. Okay. Don't invest in things that don't have contracts. Paper wealth goes up like the market. Stock market goes up. You feel great one afternoon. It goes down. You feel terrible the next afternoon. So real estate has a contract. That's one thing. Uh, but how will that help you? How will that help all of us with our debt problems, with our retirement problems? Because there's nothing guaranteed in a real estate contract. Mm-hmm. Nothing guaranteed about that. Unless you got a mortgage and then it's guaranteed to go to, to the bank, yeah. right? You're going to regularly be throwing money over there at Mr. Banker. Yeah. So again, we're back in the banker's pocket and we got the headwind coming at us. So how do we become our own banker? How do we actually get that tailwind and use this idea of contracts for wealth? Um, The only thing I've been able to find is a a little known form of life insurance, a life insurance contract. This life insurance contract, we call it bank on yourself type policies. It's a whole life policy, which is so different from what Dave Ramsey talks about when he's talking about whole life insurance. Mm -hmm. But it's it's literally a contract of wealth. And you have a built-in guaranteed increase of your wealth every single year. And what I found when I was digging into this, because I was so skeptical when I, when again, my professor said, Mark, is it possible Dave Ramsey could be wrong? He said that to, to me across the room with my arms crossed and my, my eyebrows furrowed, you know, but what I found out is it would allow me to pay off my debt in a way that beat paying cash. Uh, So I'll, I'll explain this and then I'll hush and get your feedback, but it shocked me. Um, One, a whole life policy, if it's designed the bank on yourself way, can grow every single year outside of the stock market completely guaranteed. That's pretty cool. It's available and accessible for any reason. So I can use it for my business and I use it for my real estate and I use it for my kid's college when she's old enough and I'll use it for my retirement income tax-free, income tax-free. Uh, the third piece and the final piece is I can borrow against it like a bank. So I can borrow against my cash. And crucially here, I'm the one in control of repaying that plan. If I borrow against it and I want to make a a monthly payment, that's great. If I want to skip a couple of payments because I'm hitting hard times, I'm in control. I'm the banker now. And the policy itself, and this is mind boggling to me, Mark, but the policy itself will keep on growing like I never touched the money. Now, this seems That's too nuts, good right? to be true. It really yeah, does. Too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. But think about this for a minute. Doesn't our house do the same thing? You know, if you have a mortgage on a house, if you let's say your house is worth 300 grand and you have a mortgage for 100, your house still grows as if you hadn't borrowed against the house, right? It's just being used as collateral. And that's the, that's the $20 cocktail term here. We're just using the policy as collateral. We're borrowing from the life insurance company that gave us the contract. And the policy, let's say I got a hundred grand of cash value. And let's say I've got $30,000 of credit card debt I need to take care of. I would borrow against my life insurance policy, wipe out my credit card debt. Now my credit cards are sayonara, 
but my policy is still earning on the full $100,000 with guarantees and dividends also, uh, as if I hadn't touched the money at all. Now, to me, that's a tailwind. That's better than debt-free because now I got the banker's power at my back, not getting you know thrown in my face. So that's, that's where I think the biggest hinge can be made on our financial lives. If we can control the banking function in our life, we win, you know, almost by default. Well, we're not going to go really in the depth with this new concept you told us about. In just a few minutes, you're going to give us a chance to find out. You're going to tell us, I mean, where we can go to find out more about you. Because I know some people are like, wait a minute. I, I, I kind of get what he said. Take a breath. We are going to give you an opportunity to talk to Mark and he will go much more in depth for it. But the whole point of the show is to get you interested. So you reach out to Mark. So that is really cool. Actually, I think I'm going to call this episode Tailwind to Wealth because I think that'll get people going. It's great. What? What? And get so if you've listened to the show, you probably listened because the episode was titled, titled Tailwind to Wealth. That's very interesting because we're always looking for like I'm a productivity guy, right? And I'm always looking yeah. for the latest hack. As a matter of fact, um, some of my clients have recommended the book by um, Jake Knapp and John Zaraski. Uh, one of them used to work at Google with the Gmail project, and the other one worked for YouTube. So they wrote a book called Make Time. And it's all about how to be better at time management. And I'm a nerd when it comes to productivity and time management. And I read that book like a page turn, like some people would read Harry Potter. I mean, I read the book yeah. in two days. It was fascinating because I'm a nerd. I'm a dork like that. I admit it. And when I, whenever I hear a new hack, a new strategy, uh, could be a productivity, time management, wealth management, doesn't matter. I'm like, wow, I've never heard that before. My brain's like, what did I, what did you just read? What did you just hear? And, yeah. and so my brain is still processing as I'm saying these words, my brain is still processing. And I'm going to have to talk to you about this off air more because I'm like, wow, this is, you know, your first thing you're like, we said already, your brain goes to that can't be true. No way that can be legal because we were so conditioned. It's one, two, three, four, five, but you're saying no one, two, five, three, four. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. But yeah. what I invite the listener to do is when Mike Tarja tells you how to get a hold of him, you get a hold of him or re-listen to the podcast and just just marinate it in a while. And eventually it will start making sense to you. But I think it's because it's so new to what we just heard. I just heard it for the first time. Our brains are going, what did we just hear? Have you had enough or are you hungry for more? You can find more of Mr. Productivity on TikTok facebook and instagram all you have to do is go to those apps and search for mr productivity two words mr productivity on tiktok facebook and instagram yeah yeah you're right well you know think think about it when we first heard a 401k yes you know it was the first time we heard that too and guess what the 401k is so young it's not even old enough to retire yet wow that's really? how young it is and yeah, it's under 50. It's under 50. And so the the uh, the the concept here is did God create the 401k? No. No. And uh well he didn't create whole life insurance maybe either. It's been around for hundreds of years. This concept was around the Rockefellers used it, still use it. Uh most of the uh, major corporations and banks. In fact, I was looking uh in preparation for this Bank of America itself owns about 22 billion dollars of cash value whole life insurance on their balance sheet, which is more than all of their bank branches and their downtown Manhattan building combined. 
just case in point. So what do banks know that we don't? And why are they telling us to put our money into boring old savings accounts? And yet they are putting their money into these type of policies. I would tell folks, keep an open mind. It took me seven months to wrap my brain around this, but it's really not that difficult once we understand that banking is not a, it's not a noun, it's a verb. Mm. And you can do the banking function. You can reclaim that function in your life. And it's how I paid off all my student loan debt. It beat paying cash. It's going to give my wife and I more continuous guaranteed growth on our money than just, you know, putting money into a hole and then getting back to net zero. You know, we, in fact, we trademarked the phrase, the debt snow bank method, nice. just to have a little fun with all, our, our buddy, Dave Ramsey. And again, I still love the great work of his budgeting tools and his, his capacity to get us thinking about money and to get us on the same page with our spouses and living within our means and all of his biblical principles. All that's awesome. So yay for Dave Ramsey, but I don't want to just live my life doing baby steps. I got a marathon to run. And so we got to find some strategies that'll get us going the miles. You know, he came out with an app about eight years ago, five years ago called Every Dollar. And I've been using it since day one. And I tell you, my wife and I used to fight about money all the time. Where'd the money? You spent the money on groceries. But now we track every penny or every dollar in the Every Dollar app. And you can go to any month and see exactly how much money you have spent. And it's amazing because the truth will set you free. Now, of course, you got to enter every dollar in the app. You can't enter it whenever you feel like it because then it doesn't tell you the truth. And when you were talking, I was thinking about, I remember way, way, way back in another lifetime, I'm 56 years young, when I had a checking account at a local bank up in Rochester, New York, and there were no ATMs. I remember when there were no ATMs, okay? There were no ATMs. And I remember getting a paper check. Now, this is going to seem strange to some of the listeners, Remember, you used to get a paper check and you had to go and stay in line at the bank and then you'd have to go put it in the bank and, and, and then they would hold it for a certain amount of time. There was none of this instant funds, Apple Pay, none of this stuff. And I, I remember that my interest on my savings account was something like 12 or 14, 14%. But then I didn't know it at the time, but mortgage on mortgage interest is high, car interest is high. So the interest in your car is low, but you can't have high interest rates in the savings account because they're tied together. Now, back then I didn't know that. Now I understand all that stuff, but I remember paper checks. Do you remember, you remember before ATMs when you had paper checks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and uh, you know, while I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not, not uh, at that point where I, I remember 14, 18% mortgages, I see the concept, I see the correlation, you know, banks, don't just they're not just living in isolation here you know they actually um, are able to take your deposit and then return it back into the cycling system of our economy and make a profit off of your dollar so if i put let's say i i walk in let's say mark let's say you walk in you got 10 grand at the local bank you got 10 grand and you deposit that money and okay that's great what are they going to pay you these days for it Let's say 1% if we're generous. Yeah, if we're right? generous. 1% if we're generous. And then what happens next? I walk in behind you in line. So Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch are at the, at the bank oh today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Google I walk that. in behind you. <laughs> right, yeah, don't Google that. Yeah. And then uh, uh, you, you get to, you leave the bank with your 10 grand deposit receipt. You know, you think your money is there, safe. I walk in behind you and I ask for a loan. Well, what are they going to do? Where are they going to get that money? My money. <laughs> your money, Yeah. And you guys look this up. Just search for the phrase fractional reserve banking to see what I'm talking about here. Banks are allowed to loan out money 
almost ad infinitum. You know, in 2020, there is zero reserve requirements for banks. That means they don't have to keep your money. They can loan it back to me. Now, what is my interest rate going to be, by the way? You, you getting, you're getting one percent, Mark. I'm getting whatever, 10, yeah. 12, 18 percent, whatever my credit card says. So you talk about infinite returns. Yeah. Banks are able to create money out of nothing, and it's where inflation comes from. There's a lot of things that we could talk about here, but the point is, don't do what banks are telling you to do with your money. Watch what banks are doing, and then go do that instead. That's where the revolution happens. That's where we can begin to think and live different. We're not going to get wealthy chasing a mutual fund. We won't. Mm-mm. You know, we've tried it. You know, the 401k is a grand experiment. You know, the being the average investor in the stock market is a grand experiment. How is it working out for us? It's the old Dr. Phil question. How's that working out yeah. for us? So, you know, better way is to do what banks have done for thousands of years. There's a great book out there by David Graeber. It's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Now, come on, if, if, there's, a, if there's a more uh, secure, established industry in the world, I don't know what it is, but that's a profitable system. And if you can become your own banker, if you can become your own source of financing and bank on yourself, um, you can win. It's easy. I will end the episode by telling you this. My, my dad is 80. He was a lifelong machinist, retired at 55. My mom is 76. She's got late onset Alzheimer's. And because they didn't plan for their future, they are depending on Medicaid and Medicare. And my dad's trying to get help and he's getting frustrated. And I said, dad, now you understand why my drive is to make my business explode. Because Mm, the one thing Dave does say, which I agree with is cash is king. You walk into a store and you got cash, or if you use a debit card, comes out they're going to get paid immediately. People yes. like that because if you go to a doctor and they have to deal insurance, they may get paid in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, may get rejected because they couldn't tell a zero from O, 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 whatever. You pay cash. And there's a lot of doctors here in Houston that don't take insurance because they don't want to get paid in 90 days. If you walk in there with cash and you have a lot of cash, you can get MRIs, you can get CTs. If you have cash, you can buy anything. And I found out that if you have cash, you don't have to get approval for a procedure. Hey, you got the cash. It's 10 grand. Here's 10 grand. They don't, they don't have to get approval. So to go back to something you said several times in the episode, when you have cash, you are in control. You are, how'd you put it? You become your own source of, of, of uh, your financing. If you have cash, you're in control of what you want done. No one can tell you, oh, that's not covered by insurance because you're paying them cash. So I want people to think your goal should not to become a millionaire or a decamillionaire or a billionaire. So you can buy planes and private islands and universes. You should want to become wealthy. And I heard this first from Grant Cardone. You should want to become really, really wealthy because when you're really, really wealthy, you can help a lot, a lot of people. And when I heard him say that, I don't agree with everything he says, but that makes a lot of sense because a billionaire can help a lot more people than someone who makes $50,000 a year. Like hey, we had Katrina, that's, that's Hurricane right. uh, Harvey here in 2017. There were a lot of people who were completely flooded out of their homes and we couldn't help. How cool would it be to say, hey, we're going to we're going to rebuild your house. You can't do that without money. It's huge. Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to, you know, money only makes us more of who we already are. Yep. So first of all, again, like we said at the beginning, you are your greatest investment. Learn, become a better version of yourself so that when you get those windfalls, 
And you know what? Most people will have a couple, you know, surprisingly, maybe it's not the lottery, but maybe it's great aunt Mildred leaving you a little money, whatever it is, be ready to be the kind of person who won't squander that cash. And hopefully, prayerfully, we can all be a better society and a better world once you do receive that windfall, because we all need you. We need you to step up and be the best version of yourself possible. And you're so right. Cash is king. You know, with these whole life policies, uh, I borrow from the policy on a Tuesday. It's in my bank account on a Friday. And last time I bought a car, I just walked in and paid cash Mm. for the car. Now, they didn't know I'd grabbed it from my policy. And it was, you know, let's say the car was 30 grand or whatever. The policy still grows on the full 30,000 bucks. And I've got my car. So now I've got two things happening at the same time. Now that's real wealth, but it came down to control. It came down to access to cash. And again, the average American has less than $400 to cover an emergency. That's not going to cut it. And I guess I'd just leave our audience with this. Are we done with volatility? Did did 2020 seal the deal? Are we done now? Mm. No, no, we probably got more. I yeah. hate to say that. I hope, God willing, we're, we're done with this stupid pandemic, but <laughs> there's going to be more stuff. There's going to be more. I hate to say, but life throws us curveballs. And those with cash and ability to, to pivot are going to be the ones that can take advantage. And I'll just say this. when You said something that made me think about this, the windfalls. Um, a lot of people, when they got the stimulus check, they went out and blew it on new TVs, new shoes, new clothes. And I was telling my wife about a month ago, you know, it's too bad when the government said, okay, you guys are hurt and we're going to send you money. But what we're going to do is we're going to send it directly to your mortgage lender or directly to your landlord, because then you would have kept your home. Because what people did is they didn't go nine, 10, 12 months without paying their mortgage. And all of a sudden the mortgage company said, okay, you want 15 grand. Like, oh, wait, what? Well, yeah, we yeah, gave yeah. you 12, 15, you know, 12, 15 months. And in a lot of people, I think because they're irresponsible, should have just had the money wired right to their mortgage lender. Now, that's probably so complicated, they probably couldn't do it. But now they're doing, I guess, if you have a child, you're going to get child tax credit, but they're going to send it to you in cash. People won't use it for the kids. They'll go out and buy a TV, and then they won't get the tax credit next next uh, spring. And they're like, what happened? Well, you sent the money. And because sure. people don't have a, a, a mature money mindset, the government sends the money. Ooh, party time, new TV time. They don't think about they're stealing from their future self. Well, yeah. Well, there's a great quote by Gloria Steinem. She says, rich people plan for three generations and poor people plan for Saturday night. Wow. That and and there's, another, there's another quote where, you know, if you were to redistribute all the wealth in the world and give everybody the same amount of money, just spread it all, right? Uh, and without being political, the, the basic notion is within about a generation or two, all the money would collect again among the people who could produce the most value. Uh, and there's just a there's a mindset that comes with spending versus a mindset that comes from long range thinking, and you know both, you know I guess if you're dying this Saturday or whatever, time to go out like a mosquito on a zapper, I guess. But uh, if if you're planning to live a little longer, which I am, hopefully most of your listeners are, and and if you'd like to have your children even have a better life than you could have had, then then think. Like, like, um, think like the, the gentleman who runs Hayushi Ryokan. He's got the oldest family owned business in the world. It's 1300 wow. years old and they've been in business for 1300 years. Okay. There's a really cool documentary on this family, but you know, that's an incredible deal. And they've, they've gone through hard times. They've gone through good times, but they've been in business for 46 generations. Mark, can you imagine that? 
Can your business, can my business even conceive of what it would be like to be in business 46 generations into the future? But if you got the long range thinking, you know, you're not just chasing this weekend's rate of return in in your stock portfolio or this nice new flat screen TV. Um, You know, I don't care. You know, I I want something that's going to be outlast me. You know, yeah. so that's that's kind of our, our our big picture goal for most of our clients, uh, and it's something that we hopefully uh, can help inspire your audience to do the same. Wow. Well, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing? Because I know the listener is going, oh my gosh, I can't wait to find out how to get a hold of Mark. Uh, Mark Willis, not Mark Stachowski. Although you can get a hold of me, that's okay. I'll get a hold of both of us. I'm not the financial guy. If you want to get a hold of Mark Willis, Mark, how do we do that? You can schedule a meeting with me. There's um, a, our podcast. If you want to date me first, you can go to Not Your Average Financial Podcast and listen to a few more of these uh, mind-bending, fun episodes. We try to keep it pretty fun and light, but it's always going to help you think and live different with your money. It's uh, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. If you want to chat with me, uh, there's a website. Go to bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash quick B-O-Y. That's quick B-O-Y. All right. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Uh, It was great talking to you, and I love it when I learn something new. So we will have a conversation off the podcast because I'm really interested. And uh, I want to thank you for your time today. I think you were absolutely brilliant on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.